Thank you for attending a public meeting this evening to discuss the Clippership Connector project. It's our public presentation number three, um, and we are presenting an extension of the, the connector from the Yacht Club to the middle school to Riverbend, Mystic Riverbend Park. Um, please note that this meeting will be recorded and the recording will be a public record. I'd like to also take this time right now to welcome all legislators and public officials. If you are here, please make sure to chat with Jenny Norwood and let her know that you are here. Um, with that, I'd like to also introduce our DCR team, Jennifer Norwood and Anne Fissinger from DCR's Office of External Affairs and Partnership, Paul Jonicky. DCR's Director of Trails and Greenways, Dan Driscoll, Director of Green Transportation. We know that DOT is also represented here and we thank them for um, participating. I'd also like to take time to thank Alicia Hunt from the City of Medford, Director of Energy and Environment and the Acting Director of Community Development. Um, as we um, go through our presentation, I would like to remind you that there will be a Q&A discussion at the end of the presentation, please be sure to raise your hand or use the Q&A function at the bottom of your screens. Okay, we can move to the next slide. I'd also like to welcome you on behalf of Governor Baker, Lieutenant Governor Karen Polito, Energy and Environmental Secretary Kathleen Theoharides, and our Commissioner Jim Montgomery. Um, at this time, I also want to remind you of our mission statement, which is to protect, promote, and enhance our commonwealth of natural, cultural, and recreational resources for the well-being of all. The purpose of tonight's meeting, as I mentioned earlier, is to review our trail proposal, which we have presented to you at our two other meetings, but mostly to discuss the extension at the east side of the trail from the Yacht Club to the Mystic Riverbend Park. I'd also like to um, thank our partners, City of Medford, Mystic River Water State Association, the Solomon Foundation, Medford Bicycle Advisory Commission, and Walk Medford. I'd also like to introduce our project consultants. We have Deneen Crosby from Crosby Schlesinger and Small Ridge here, and Sam Buster from Crosby, Schlesinger, and Small Ridge. I'd also like to take the time to thank their other partners, Epsilon, BC Group, Hardesty, Hardesty, and Hanover. With that, I'd like to um, give over to my colleague, Dan Driscoll, to um, provide some background information on the Greenway connections for the region. Thank you, Stella, and good evening, good evening, everyone. We're really um, thankful for you taking the time to come out and hear this important presentation. I'm gonna just take the presentation for a couple of minutes to a little higher level to give it some regional context. And you can see in the center around that circle, that is our project area. So this clippership connector is really right in the center of a lot of really important Greenway work that's been going on for the past decade. Um, I'm going to just mention a few of the highlights of some of those efforts. 
And starting to the west over by Fresh Pond, you'll see the Fresh Pond there. Um, I don't have a pointer, so please just kind of follow along. Um, we're currently building a two-mile greenway called the Watertown-Cambridge Greenway that will connect Fresh Pond and the Charles River all the way up to the Alwife Greenway. Beyond the Alwife Greenway, where it, at the confluence just below the Mystic Lakes, there is another section that working with my colleague, Paul Janahy, we were able to construct a couple of years ago, a section between Winthrop Street and Auburn Street. That was a really key missing piece that had no sidewalks or anything. And now there's two really wonderful trails, one along the river and one along the Mystic Valley Parkway that filled in that, that big gap. On the other side of the river, we also did some restoration work uh, between the Alwife Confluence all the way up to Auburn Street. There's one little piece that Paul's going to finish in the next couple of years. Um, beyond the circle, heading the other way, heading east, in McDonald Park, we've done all kinds of restoration work on the trail network as well as the park lens itself. The parking lot was completely redone. And most recently, just this spring, Paul and his team were able to go out and do a restoration of the of the uh, beaten up sidewalk all along the Mystic Valley Parkway, which was a really uh, great piece of work. <clears throat> and a little bit further east, um, we, right below Assembly Row, you'll see a dotted line along the river there. That's the MBTA bulkhead wall project. That's another um, really big gap in the system that's being filled in right now. It's a $30 million bulkhead wall project being built by the MBTA. And as part of that, DCR has funded the incorporation of a trail on top of that bulkhead wall, which will be built, it's being built and will be completed by 2021 spring. So when all of this is done, um, basically from that little circle you're looking at inside there, our vision is that you will be able to go on foot or bike all the way to Bedford up the Minuteman bikeway or down through the Charles, the Charles system into Boston or Waltham or Watertown and heading back into Boston over that bulkhead wall project back into the city of Boston. Uh, pretty incredible network and everything that I'm talking about is all family friendly and off road. So we're really excited about filling in what we think is one of the final missing pieces, which is the clipper ship connector. Next please. So here we are closed in on our project. This is property information for the project area. Um, it, we're sandwiched on both sides by city of Medford property. One is Clipper Ship Park, number four. On um, both sides is the city, but number four, um, again, to the west is, is Clipper Ship Park. That's an existing park built by the city. Next to that is our two easement areas. We've been working long and hard with those abutters on getting easements to be able to build this. We're closing in on finalizing those, a little bit of work left on that. And then you see a blue section under Route 93, that's Mass DOT, another easement that we're working on and all of these will be um, friendly uh, takings where people are participating and we expect to have those in hand um, in, the, in the near future. Then you come to the green area, which is all DCR property um, around the Yacht Club and connecting back to more city of Medford property where there's an existing greenway that goes all the way back to the Wellington Bridge. Next. 
just going to go through um, some of our goals, um, design goals and guiding principles for this project. Um, as I've mentioned, it's an on, this is an ongoing implementation of the Mystic River Reservation Master Plan, where we're really proud of how much of that master plan has gotten implemented on the Mystic River uh, as part of our big three river plan, the Neponsa, Charles and Mystic. The, the Mystic has historically been left out, but it's really catching up in the last five years and we're, we're pleased with that. The Connect is also designed to be a direct, uh, to be as direct and maximize opportunities for um, all users to be view and be close to the river. That was really important to us that this be a river greenway and as best as we can to give people access to, to this amazing resource, which is the Mystic River. The Connect is also designed to be a community route while also implementing the regional network goals that I've just gone over. It's designed to be accessible and inviting the people of all ages and abilities. It, it, the entirety of the project will comply with the American Disabilities Act, where whether you have a disability, a baby stroller, or whatever um, your challenge is, this will be an accessible place for you to go out and enjoy. It's also designed to address privacy and security concerns of abutters. Um, unless you're an abutter, you wouldn't know this, but we worked really hard with the abutters on a number of walks to address their valid concerns. And we think we've come a long way in, um, in bringing them onto the project positively. It's all designed to improve the habitat and ecology of the riverbank. Every place we do this work, we look long and hard at how can we enhance habitat for wildlife and strengthen the ecology of the river, as well as think about some of the climate um, resiliency elements that are always important on these projects. Next, and with that, I'm going to turn it over to Deneen Crosby, and she will go through the details of the project for us. Thank you. Thanks, Dan, um, and good evening, everybody. Uh, part of this presentation is review. We did a, a public presentation towards the end of last year. Um, that design has been developed, but pretty much has stayed as it is. But I'll show you some of the updates and areas of that. Uh, and as Stella said, we really want to focus tonight, um, hopefully to get some comments on the piece of the trail that you haven't seen, which is the area between the Yacht Club and Mystic River Bend Park and the schools. So we're going to start west of I-93 and review the area behind 99 and 121. We're going to show you the area under the I-93 highway, the underpass. We're doing some security lighting there. Um, then we're going to move to the east of I-93 and show you, um, I think you've seen that section. There have been some tweaks to that behind the Ship Avenue uh, properties, then the Yacht Club, and then we're going to focus on the remediation area before we open it up uh, to discussion. Next. So starting on the west uh, side, we had one little change here. We originally started the trail um, at the concrete walk system that was in Clippership Park. And we've just extended it, um, still concrete, but we're just redoing the sidewalk connection to the sidewalks at Clippership Drive, just so that there's a clear entranceway from the sidewalks um, around Clippership for people coming from City Hall or Medford Square. Um, the rest of this has stayed the same as it was. Uh, the pathway, because it's skirting uh, uh, parking lots at 99, 
is about eight and a half feet wide. It widens to 10 feet where we have the space. That brown area is um, a boardwalk that is cantilevered over the bank. That was to avoid any impacts to the parking at 99. Um, there's a few benches along this section. And then you see another little brown footbridge that's a drainage channel um, that runs water towards the river. So we're bridging over that um, and then onto the underpass area, the area by I-93, uh, which I'll show you. Next. You've seen uh, some of this. This is the boardwalk area behind the parking lot at 99 that I described. You can see it's a little bit lower than the parking lot. It's cantilevered over the bank. It has a, a a wood boardwalk railing. The photograph of the footbridge is very similar to what the footbridge over the drainage channel would look like um, and the benches. Next. We are restoring the bank um, in this area. So these are some of the plants that would be used along the bank. As Dan said, we're really interested in um, helping along the ecology of the river. So they're native plants um, and it's creating a more diverse um, and habitat uh, for the mystic. Next. This is the area underneath I-93. So those red dashed lines, that's the highway passing above. Underneath the 10 foot wide bituminous concrete path will pass along. You can see it says board form, bit comp, that's the pathway coming through. There is some decorative um, in a, and patterned uh, concrete pavement on either side of that just to make it a little bit more interesting. And then, uh, Dan, I don't see the, oh yeah, there it is, sorry. So the, um, and then we're putting in security lighting, which is going to, if you look at the photograph on the upper right hand side there, the security lighting is gonna be mounted to the underside of I-93 and will shine down into this area so that it will uh, feel safe as the, uh, as the sun starts to, starts to set. And the light looks something like the little, uh, catalog cut that you see there on the left. Next. Uh, moving on to uh, the properties behind Ship Avenue. The 10 foot path narrows to eight and a half feet. These are, this is, these are areas where we are more constrained. Um, the, so it narrows down to eight and a half feet around the corner of 76 Ship Avenue. Um, it goes over a footbridge and the footbridge was it's a boardwalk and it avoids the tree roots of an existing tree. And it allowed us then to pull the path a little bit farther away from the 54 to 68 Ship Avenue. Um, it then swings into the Yacht Club. It hugs the sidewalk at the Yacht Club. Um, we can't go through the middle there because of uh, boats and trailers and it's just not a safe place to do before it gets to the remediation area, which we'll uh, talk about a little later on. Next. So looking at this area um, at 76 Ship Avenue, next. This we showed you at the last presentation. Um, we were able to pull the path another five and a half feet um, away from that property and to lower the elevation of it um, a couple of feet so that there's a greater separation between the pathway 
and 76 Ship Avenue, you can see where that section is taken on the upper right-hand key plan. It's sort of towards the corner of the building where the path is uh, closer to the property. There is a, a four-foot-high post and rail fence that is running along on the DCR side of uh, the property line. Uh, we do know from meeting with residents that there's some interest in having an opening from the property to the path, still to be determined exactly where that is, but that's one of the things that we've been talking about. Next. So this is one of the planting plans that's actually in the set. Another thing that we were able to do here is to push the path closer to the top of bank. There is some lawn behind 76 Ship Avenue that the residents um, like to use. So um, we have not interrupted that with the path. There is considerable lawn area. And you can see looking at the planting here, there's a substantial buffer planting of trees and shrubs and perennials um, at the property line. Next. And these are some of the trees and shrubs um, and perennials that are in that uh, buffer area by 76. Next. Next. This is a little farther down um, in the 62 to 68 um, area. This actually, this is, we're not at the building yet. We're at the parking lot. So we, what we have at the parking lot is a, um, a, a guardrail. It's a wood back guardrail. So it's sort of park looking, um, a narrow shrub bed in between, and then the pathway right at the top of the bank. Next. You saw this section uh, at the last meeting that we had. This was, as I said, the, the way that we were able to push the pathway farther away from the residents and also drop the elevation. It's typically about three feet lower um, than the yards of 62 to 68. Um, you can see originally in the top section, the old path alignment, it was about eight feet away. Um, now it's 13 and a half feet away. Um, it swings down from the parking lot uh, towards the middle of the bank, continues, um, going far, a little farther away before it swings up to uh, get onto the yacht, the yacht Club property. Next. So this is towards um, the end, 54 to 60 Ship Avenue. You can see the previous path location, the revised path location. Um, it was uh, just short of seven feet away. Now it's another 15 and a half feet. Uh, farther, farther away from the property line. Um, I do know the DCR has been meeting with um, some of these residents, I think, about um, exactly what fence would be running along um, this stretch. Right now it's in the set, at, the set as a post and rail fence, uh, the same as behind 76. Next. And this is a detail of the planting that's proposed for that area. So there's um, the top drawing there is as you go by the parking lot, the more narrow plant bed and the guardrail. The bottom drawing, you can see that the buffer planting on the slope between the pathway and the residences expands. And this area has extensive uh, riverbank restoration. Next. So these are some of the uh, shrubs and perennial proposed for 
the buffer area, these are all fairly low between the adjacent properties and uh, the path. Next. And again, these are some of the uh, riverbank plants that are being proposed, some of the uh, shrubs and perennials. Next. So looking at the Yacht Club, the pathway skirts, um, it's, it's on DCR property adjacent to the city sidewalk um, on Ship Avenue and then swings down to meet the remediation area. I should mention here, there are two curb cuts into the Yacht Club. Those, the bike path will be marked so that those are safe crossings to um, the latest uh, safety standards. It is separated from the Yacht Club parking area with a wood-backed guardrail. Next. And this is the area where the path is going. So the city sidewalk where you see the Riverside Yacht Club sign, that planter is being removed. The bike path is in that area at the back of sidewalk. And right now there's a curb in between the city sidewalk and the bituminous concrete path. The city has the option of leaving this as it is or building a sidewalk um, there uh, in the future sometime. So either the pathway would work with either option. On the right side, um, you see the buffer area between uh, the pathway and 20 Ship Avenue. And to give you an approximate idea of where the path is coming through here, if you see that concrete um, square in the middle, Sam, I don't know if you can point to that with your cursor. Yeah, that. The pathway runs along the left side of that. So you see there's some distance between the pathway and that fence line for some buffer planting. Um, and one of the things that we heard from one of the residents was that they wanted to see more buffer planting there. Now, there are, there are big mature trees both off the property and on the property in this area. So we can't plant another very tall um, shade tree, but we're planting lower amelanchier flowering trees and shrubs. We have some rhododendron and ilex in there. So um, we're expanding that we expanded the buffer area. Next. So this is the uh, Ship Avenue. This shows a sidewalk at sidewalk level, the city of sidewalk, city of Medford sidewalk, and then the it's an eight and a half foot uh, bike path and then the guardrail separating, keeping bicyclists uh, separated from uh, the parking area, particularly around um, the curves where um, we want to uh, make sure that it's a, it's a safe path. Next. And this is the planting plan. The lower left-hand drawing is that planting up buffer that I was describing to you of the low flowering trees and shrubs um, that are being planted in that buffer zone. Next. So this is what you haven't seen um, any, any of yet. This was the remediation area and it was that work was being done at the time that we were working on the design for um, the rest of the clipper ship connectors. And um, so we had to wait till that work was done to find out what exactly we could do here. Uh, so this is um, a, a preliminary plan that we hope you'll take a look at and give us a, some comments on. Uh, what it is, is a 10 foot wide bituminous concrete path that connects from the Yacht Club 
to the PATH system at Mystic Riverbend Park and the school uh, property. Um, we added into this one a that gray pathway is a walking path. Um, if you're familiar with this area, there's a kind of a big bermed area in between. And we think that regardless if you put a path there or not, there are people that will be going in that direction rather than straight through. So we thought we should <coughs> show a main path, excuse me, for bicycles, and then but maybe a, a more narrow seven or eight foot wide walking path um, that if you're heading to the school, it's just more direct. Um, in this scheme, we the, the ground plane, the area that's lawn now, we have shown as all meadow with just lawn uh, mow strips on both sides of the path to keep the pathways neat and clean. The planting for uh, this section uh, towards the Yacht Club, the properties have some pretty big existing trees, but once you get past that, we wanted to introduce some lower flowering trees, again, probably something like an amelanchier. There's a big cluster right now of Alanthus trees, with, which is an invasive tree. Um, however, they do have big canopies and they are providing some shade for residents. Um, what we're thinking now, we haven't been before the Conservation Commission yet, so I'm sure that this will come up, but our thought is that we would take out the seeding Atlantis. It's the one in the middle if you go out there, and certainly anything dead, but leave the other mature trees there, and then add a few um, oaks for some uh, canopy trees. The berm area, we're uh, thinking about just kind of naturalizing that with maybe some aspen and red cedar. I'll show you some uh, photographs of this. And along the bank, this is an area for bank restoration, but it's, very, it's a wooded bank. So we wouldn't be removing any of the trees. Really what we wanna do here is just take out some of the invasive species and replace them with a more diverse native um, species um, that, that we can show you. Let's go to the next one. So this is the same plan, but takes out that footpath um, that I showed you on the previous plan. The planting here is um, addressed in the same way. Next. And this plan is a little different. Um, the two previous plans are really places that you would walk through. You know, Meadow doesn't give you uh, as much of an opportunity to just actually use the space. This says, okay, what if you take the space between the pathway and the residences and you make that lawn, so the darker green, so that in fact, if you wanted to go out there and have a picnic or, you know, just, just sit there. I see, um, when I've been out there, I see people sitting in the lawn um, at the Andros Middle School, especially now with their, with their children during the day and, um, you know, getting a little of outdoor space. So this is another uh, possibility for this area. Next. The pathway, uh, the photo on the left, where you can see where people are walking through now, the pathway would be approximately there. And on the right, um, to the right of the, the berm would be the main bicycle uh, pathway. I should mention that there is a little bit of um, a grade change at the fence line. Um, it looks like there was some fill put in there for access to that site. We would be removing that so that the grade would return to what it was and either seating with meadow or um, with lawn. Next. 
So just some sections to show you what that looks like. Um, you can see in this section uh, towards the Yacht Club, the small flowering trees. Um, this is the meadow mix. So, you know, typically about two feet tall and most strips on either side of the path and then uh, the removal of invasives from the bank. Next. And this is a little um, farther down. Uh, yeah, farther down, still sort of showing the cluster of flowering trees, the meadow mix, and the path. Next. And the area where the berm is uh, as you approach uh, the park and the schools. This shows the, <coughs> the footpath on the left and the main bicycle path um, on the right, separated by that berm and the um, cedars and aspen uh, planted on the berm. Next. This is a hard line drawing. This is not a final design drawing the way you saw um, earlier in the presentation. Uh, this, but this is how that would lay out um, the main path and the footpath and the planting. Next. And some of the tree plantings that we're looking at, the aspen and red cedar for the berm, and then the amelanchier, serviceberry, and oaks. Next. So these are the three areas of bank restoration. Uh, the one to the west, uh, yes, to the west of I-93 is by the boardwalk. To the east of I-93 is behind the Ship Avenue properties and then the uh, remediation area that we just talked again uh, about. Um, again, this area is um, in the remediation area. It is a wooded bank. It would stay a wooded bank. We're not taking trees down. We're simply removing invasives, cleaning it up, and um, increasing the biodiversity of the bank by the introduction of native plantings. Next. Just a general approach to bank restoration. The plants we select depends on how wet they get um, and where they are in the bank. Next. And uh, some of the restoration planting uh, that you've seen on previous slides as well. Next. And with that, Stella is going to uh, say where we're going from here. Okay, thank you, Deneen. Um, yeah, so the DCR team has, um, you know, completed the final design, except for the re remediation areas and except for this extension. Um, we have, we do have an order of conditions from the Medford Conservation Commission. And we did also complete draft easement plans. The next steps for us is to finalize the design and the per permitting of the remediation area, as well as to finalize the easements that are still outstanding. And then in the spring, we'd like to be ready for, for bid for construction with potentially starting construction in the summer of 2021 until the spring of 2022. Um, should the funding be available. Right now, the estimate of the project for construction is about 2.7 million. Next. Um, now I'm gonna open it up and give it over to Jennifer Norwood for discussion. 
where she would be fielding your um, questions if you have submitted some in the Q&A or you can raise your hand and Jennifer will answer you that way and give you a turn to speak. Thank you, Stella. Uh, before we, uh, to start us off, we're gonna have Representative Barber um, say a few words. Um, I need to unmute you. There she is, and I'm gonna allow you to talk. Go ahead, Rep Barber. Okay, thanks. Um, I wanna welcome everyone, and I want to um, thank the DCR and the whole design team. Um, this project, even though it is a fairly short um, length of path, has been um, really challenging for a lot of the reasons that were outlined through the presentation. Um, and I really appreciate the time that the city, DCR, and the design team have taken to work with residents um, to address a lot of concerns that have come up um, and to work with users of the trail to think about so many different pieces of both making this um, really useful to the community, but also something that will work for the abutters and the residents who live here. Um, so really thank you for all your work. I know it's been now um, a few years and I'm really looking forward to the next steps and to hearing what other folks have to say. So appreciate everyone's involvement in this project. Jenny, you're muted. Jen, you're muted. Sorry about that. Thank you, Representative Barber. We're going to go to um, questions first from those raising hands. Um, give me one second, Arlene Dale. You're going to be first. Um, let me find you. There you are. Okay, go ahead, Arlene. Hi, thanks so much for the presentation. Um, yeah, I had a couple of questions. It sounds like, are there going to be, so I'm at 20 Ship Ave, are there going to be two separate paths, one for pedestrians and another one separated for bicyclists? Jenny, do you want me to answer that? You're, you're muted again, but I, oh my okay. God. sorry about that. Yes, please go ahead. Denise. Sorry. about So that. no, it is a, it is the, the yellow path that we showed you is a shared use path, just like the rest of the project. Um, when we were out looking at the location of the path, um, we saw that it was, it looked like people might want to go um, uh, towards the school. Uh, and, and others might continue along the river's front. So we added, there is a shared use path and that's for pedestrians and bicyclists. And then there's just a more narrow path that heads up towards the school building. And that's with, um, it's with a stabilized stone surfacing. So it's a softer surfacing. You can ride a bike on it, um, but it, it appears to be more of a walking path. So that second path was something that, you know, we'd hope to get some feedback tonight on. But the shared use path is not separate uh, bicycle and pedestrians. It's for everybody. Thank you, Deneen. Okay, uh, Bruce Kulik. 
Yes, hi, thanks for this presentation. Uh, my questions are related to the western edge of the project where um, the paths will connect onto Clippership Drive and then a little bit further west where uh, the crosswalk uh, at the Craddock Bridge goes across Main Street. And I wanted to find out two things, exactly what kind of connection will there be to make it easy for cyclists to transition at least eastbound from Clippership Avenue to the path? And what is the plan for traffic uh, going westbound um, since Clippership is a one-way road and is not really wide enough for a, uh, like a contraflow lane or that sort of facility? Uh, so that's the first question. Maybe you can answer that and then return to me for the second part. Okay, um, Denise, I don't know if that's you or Dan. I think that's Dan. Okay. Yeah, I'm happy to take that. Um, so you're right. It's a great question. So when we get, when you get to the end of the Clippership um, Greenway as it exists, you, you, that, that next cross street you come to, we are working really closely with the city um, on an effort to get a pedestrian bicycle crosswalk installed there. And when that happens, and I'm saying when, because I'm hopeful, um, it will, then you'll be back on DCR property along um, the Mystic Valley Parkway. And that section of sidewalk that will lead you to the little bridge that goes over into Medford Square, that sidewalk would get widened. So it could function better as a multi-use trail. You really don't want to go over the little bridge into Medford Square unless you're, you, there's lots of good reasons to go there for retail and, and food and, and shops, but it's not a good place to go if you're looking to keep biking toward Clippership. We want to keep people on this side of that bridge and enhance that sidewalk to the cross street, have a new signalized crossing, and that will get you to the connection. That's a, thanks for the good question. Yeah, so just, just to be clear, uh, you're referring to the hand-footbridge uh, um, connection, I believe. And yeah. I think you alluded to the crosswalk on Main Street as being something that would be maybe redone or facilitating crossing to, re to stay on to Clippership Drive area. That's exactly, uh, that, that's exactly right. And as you know, at that little footbridge now, there's already a crosswalk and signal back to the primary um, greenway along the Mystic River that will right. continue to take you further west. And then right at Clippership Avenue where the path uh, meets right there by 99 Riverside, what is the plan there? And then directly to the west was really the, question, the first question I had, which was how will westbound traffic be served along Clippership Avenue? Um, that, that's all that's that's only in concept right now that that's piece has probably had the least amount of work put into it We're aware of it. We know what the challenges are and we're gonna have to vet that out and come up with some alternatives to get back with everybody on that But it's okay. And is that city property or is that is that DCR at that point? That is a combination it is mostly most of the work that would need to be done would be on DCR property. Okay, great Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay, let's go to a couple of the written questions. Uh, first is uh, from John Ramos. Ten feet wide is a bit narrow for two bicyclists heading toward each other, especially at the boardwalk where there are railings. Can the wooden boardwalks be widened to 12 feet? 
Yeah, I can, Deneen, I, can or, maybe, or, I can maybe take that, Deneen, you can follow okay. up. But I think we have a lot of with discussions on these pathways. Um, you know, currently DCR along any of our linear greenways, we strive for 10 feet as sort of our goal because we feel like 10 feet of hard surface is the right balance to protect trees and, the, and, and enhance the ecological elements that we're looking for. I mean, as an example, if you've been on the Alwife Greenway, the section along Sunnyside Ave, that extensive boardwalk system, that's all eight feet. Um, and yeah, I would agree it's a little tight, but bicyclists can pass each other safely. It's not something you want to be going down at high speeds. Um, so you need to be aware that there's a lot of other users out there and people generally are respectful of that. Um, so we're, we're striving for 10 feet. We did have a couple of pinch points where we had to go down to eight, but generally most of our trails along the Charles Mystic and the Ponset are 10 foot clear and we try to have shoulders where possible for, for runners and people that don't want to be on the asphalt. Okay, similar uh, statement from Mr. Ramos, eight feet, six inches is really narrow. In my opinion, eight feet, six inches is okay for really short spans to get around a particular challenge, but it seems like quite a lot of the path is eight feet, six inches. So I can, I can describe what is eight feet, six inches, and we had a lot of constraints here. Um, we were... Um, on the west side of the bridge, we're on private property um, where there is parking that comes very close to where the path is. So that first stretch behind 99 is um, eight and a half feet. Actually, none of it is eight feet, but it's eight and a half feet um, until you get over the footbridge. And then it widens out to 10, where we're able to widen it out to 10 until you pass under um, I-93. When you get close to um, the prop, the Ship Avenue properties, there simply isn't a isn't room there through most of it for a ten foot wide path. Um, we have issues with uh, trying not to impact the bank, with trying to be respectful of people's uh, prop properties and backyards, and giving some uh, buffer and backyard. So we had to from I ninety three after you take the bend into that little um, inlet, that's where it starts to narrow to eight and a half. So it's at eight and a half behind Ship Avenue properties. It's at eight and a half through the Yacht Club where um, we are cutting into their um, drives and uh, parking area. And then it widens out uh, to 10 feet again behind the Shipside Green. Um, and that through that stretch, we have plenty of, plenty of land. So although we all would have liked uh, a consistent 10 foot wide path, um, it just wasn't working well with the other um, constraints um, in, uh, for, this, for this stretch. Okay. okay, from Bruce, are there plans to allow local artists to paint beneath the I-93 bridge? See Woburn Bike 93 underpass. I'd say there's, there's no plans for that, but we're, we're certainly always open to art right. in our parks. Um, we don't have a plan for it. We're open to it. We, we've done it along the Mystic and other places successfully and it's a neat idea that we would um, entertain at the appropriate time. Yeah. Just remember, we don't own the bridge, so DOT would be involved in that. Right. 
Okay, next, and then we're going to go to hands um, from Chris Donovan. Is there a plan to dredge or clean the Mystic River? It's very shallow and narrow. I, I don't know who, who I, should take that. Stella, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, I don't, that, that's really not the purview of our project at all. Um, the Mystic River itself is regulated with, the water level is regulated by a dam, but this is a question for another department, unfortunately. Dan, if you want to jump in, too, feel free. No, I mean, historically, there, there has been a little bit done in the main channel for boat access. You can imagine the size of these boats. Um, but we, we don't have a current plan to do that. Um, and it would, it would involve, to Stella's point, Bill Goda, who operates the Amelia Earhart Dam, and, and others that, that deal with those types of issues in our office. Um, we could go back and ask it for you. Okay, next hand up is uh, Olivia Bracken. Okay, wait, now I gotta go in here. There we go. Okay, Olivia, you're unmuted. I think you have to unmute yourself. Well, let me. There we go. Yes, um, for the Shipside Green 20 Ship Avenue, we were told uh, at earlier meetings that there were going to be buffering plants in between the path and the residences. And according to your plan, I don't see that. I, I just see uh, the what you call a mixed meadow and uh, or lawn area, which would not really provide buffer in terms of uh, visibility and, and privacy to the residences. The other thing is um, when, when the property was being worked on a couple of, for the past couple of years, we had that tall grass out there. We had quite a bit of a, a rodent infestation. Uh, that, that really is a habitat that rodents prefer. I would really like to see no meadow, but lawn uh, put in there so that the area could be used by humans and uh, not be so uh, uh, preferable to the rodents. So I'll just, yeah, I can, I can respond to that. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't uh, recall exactly what we talked about for planting on this parcel, but there's no reason why we can't um, also uh, provide more of a buffer um, along the fence line if that's what um, that's what the residents are interested in. In this area, there's um, you know we we added the small we added the smaller trees, the grove of the smaller trees, but we can also add shrubs to that. Um, there is a an opaque fence all the way through here, which is why I didn't initially think that we you know we absolutely needed to to add shrubs but um you know point well taken if that's the you know the general approach you know there's certainly no reason why we can't add more um buffer planting here okay, okay. And, and, and when is the decision going to be made about the mixed meadow versus the lawn well we're we're, hope, we're hoping to hear from more of you tonight <laughs> Um, about about what we presented. Yeah, and we also have additional opportunities for you to provide comments, which we'll provide the information for that in 
in a little while, but there will be a way for you to formally provide comments through writing if you also want to add comments beyond this meeting. Okay, next we have Alicia Shaheen. Go ahead, Alicia. Yeah, hi. Um, you mentioned that you receive, you haven't received funding yet. Um, where are you looking to get into the funding from and how close are you to getting it? Um, I can answer that. I think I've misspoken there. We, we do have funding. It is in our capital plan and um, we're just, it's just planned for the next fiscal year when we are complete with our design. So, so you have complete funding, the 2.7 million? Yes, so far we do. Who's funding that? The DCR. DCR is paying for it? Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought it was coming from another company. No, it's the DCR. Okay, um, I do have a couple other questions um, for um, the abutters on 54 to 68 Ship Ave. Um, we had sent an email to Dan and, and Tom uh, LaRusso uh, last week. We haven't heard anything. Um, so, so the section, um, which is 54 Ship Ave at the end where the, um, where the yacht club abuts up against our townhouses, um, will you be installing a split rail fence there or will you be using our existing fence because we'd really like a taller, like a tall fence, like the existing fence? Um, and if you need to move it, like what is your plans for that? Um, I'll take that. So are you, are, you talking, are you in the property that actually has a driveway right there? You're parking right next to that fence. Is that correct? So that is one of my neighbors. Yep. Yeah, okay. Your neighbor there. So we've had a few meetings with you all um, that did involve Tom and I, and it was sort of left open. I don't think that we've drawn a conclusion, but we, we were sort of offering that to, to the neighbor, to all the neighbors, if they wanted a fence or didn't want a fence. And we don't feel like we have a conclusive um, statement on that yet back from all of the neighbors. I know in the case of that driveway, that installing a fence on the property line will create a problem for their parking. So we were recommending that they might want to consider using a lot of plantings where we could, we could, we could locate those in a way that the parking would be maintained. So we're still discussing it. We feel like it's your decisions. Um, we're happy to put fencing in and yeah, we could put in different styles of fencing if it, if it calls for it. But on the table was the idea that there would be possibly no fencing if that was your all of your decision in, in the, you know, because I, what I was saying to people was when you're on your decks, do you want to be looking at all the new beautiful plantings or a split rail fence in front of those plantings um, with, with an opening, as Deneen said, for access to the path? So that, I think, is unresolved, and we consider that to be... Um, a decision for you all to make to help guide us. Okay. Yeah. And that leads me to my next question about the, um, so we did want to have a split rail fence in front of the townhouses, but we wanted to have small plantings like a foot to two feet. We don't want the huge plantings that can grow, you know, four feet and higher. We wanted to pick out the smaller ones. 
Um, yes, I believe that that's what we have in our plan is to have lower growing vegetation so that you could have views of the river. Okay, now can we um, discuss the plantings with you guys before a final decision is made? Like what plantings you're going to be, you're recommending? I mean, I took pictures of what you have on the slides, but I think we need to have a face-to-face um, discussion about which ones you guys are going to be planting. So we're all in agreement. Well, we, we are recommending native vegetation and there certainly will be an opportunity during the construction phase for final field location of vegetation. Please, please also um, feel free to leave additional comments um, for us during the comment period so that we can pick those up formally as well. Yeah. So Stella, can I jump in here? Yes. Um, so that that buffer area behind the 52 to 66 area, that slopes down. So the shrubs that we showed you are in the three foot height range, which is actually outside is quite low. It's not a big shrub. But the other thing that we, the other opportunity we have is just to plant them a little bit lower on the slope so that there is no visibility issue. But I don't think that they're going to feel high to you. Um, certainly the fence will be higher than the, the shrubs will be. Um, yeah, but wouldn't they grow eventually over the years? They're compact. They're a compact variety that doesn't get to the full, doesn't get to the full height. Okay, so I guess we, we just wanted low plants. Yeah. So it wasn't really obstructing the view of the water. So if we could get plants that only go to about two feet or so, we would, we would appreciate that. Absolutely. And Alicia, I might suggest um, uh, one of, uh, someone from your board actually just uh, chatted as well. If you could submit that in writing, actually send it to me. Um, my email address, jennifer.norwood at mass.gov is in the uh, following page. Uh, so we have that, um, that communication on hand. That would be great. Yeah, what is your email, Jennifer? I'm sorry. Jennifer what? It's jennifer.norwood, like right. the town, yeah. at mass.gov. And if you wouldn't mind, if, if you could, um, for, for, for helping us, if you could have all of the residents um, that own units maybe sign the letter that you're sending to Jennifer, because we did have some varying um, desires in past conversations where some people did want a couple of nice big trees and, and, and you know, mixed with the lower shrub. So we want to make sure that we're, we're getting um, representation from everyone that lives there. And I'm sure you're doing that, but that would be helpful if you could do that. And yeah. if, I could, if I could just um, chime in here too, the other thing to think about when you're thinking about the height of the plants is certainly you want to see the view from your backyards, but also think about from the, the standpoint of people on the, on the trail looking back towards your property. So the, the grade change makes for a nice separation. You know, it's about three feet. That helps it feel more private. So, but, and the plants, if you plant them on the top and you go a little bit higher, I think you'll have a better um, feeling, a better sense of privacy 
So I think that's just another thing to think about when you're um, thinking about plant heights. And I'll add one more thing. By going a little higher, you also will no longer have the Canada goose problem that's been prevalent there for years. We don't find that as a problem. Actually, we like that. Okay. That's not a problem at all. But no, we've all discussed it. And I'm one of the trustees. And we've had meetings about this. And we all, you know, pretty much we will have a vote on what we want. Um, but like I said, we've reached out to you guys a couple of times about the fence and haven't heard back. So that's why okay. I wanted to ask you, who do I contact to let you know which plants we would like? And like I said, I'm one of the trustees. And so we're going to get a group um, consensus and then we can email it to you. Send it to me um, and I'll, I'll follow up with the team. Okay, great. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, I'm going to go back to written questions. The first is uh, from Kathleen McGuire. A security question, please. Who will be responsible for the security of this area, the Medford police or the state police? I live at Station Landing. Recently, someone pitched a tent along the Mystic River path between Station Landing near the MBTA rail bridge. I spoke to the Medford and state police. Neither were interested in dealing with this situation. Finally, I spoke to a transit police officer who was parked in the Washington T parking lot. He spoke to the person was able to resolve this. Um, I can jump in and try and answer on this one. Um, it, it's both. <laughs> um, state police and uh, city police often work collaboratively, um, um, as well as with the MBTA police in that area. So um, I, I think if there is an issue uh, reporting it to um, any of those authorities, you, you know, hopefully you'll get the right answer. That's right. And Jen, and as, as of about 10 years ago, it used to be all state police in these areas, but there was legislation passed where localities have joint jurisdiction on mm -hmm. properties like this. So Jennifer's right that we, we, we find that as we build these things and they become more interconnected, we tend to get involvement from the local police on mountain bikes and other things that take an interest in helping us patrol these areas. Yes. There's no obligation to do that. It's just something that seems to have happened um, along all the rivers in the metro region. Okay, next question from JV. Can they install hedges instead of a fence? I think we've just had a long discussion of, of that. Um, it'll, it'll be a mix, correct? Okay. That's correct. That's correct. Okay. From Aaron, uh, Jenia, I have seen coyotes and diverse wildlife around these areas. What measures will this project take to protect existing habitat and improve habitat for wildlife living there? Um, I can take that question. Um, I think our you know, we plan to restore the riverbanks and restore the habitat and enhance the wildlife habitat. So, you know, this will help with, um, you know, the population of animals in this area. Okay, next question from uh, Christina Marisolo. What is the distance from the path to the fence as it takes the turn from the yacht club to the green area along 20 ship Avenue? Would you consider a sharper turn to keep the path further away from the existing fencing? 
Can you review again what will be planted between 20 Ship Avenue fence to the pathway? Danina, do yep. you want to take that one? Oh, okay. I'm unmuted. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly what the dimension is. We can tell you what the dimension is. That um, In that area, we're planting um, Amelanchier, Rhododendron, Ilex. Um, so these are Amelanchier is a small tree. Rhododendron and Ilex are... Um, you know, good size, good size shrubbed. And the reasons we haven't put in any taller trees is that you have tall trees there um, already. It already, the pathway is uh, swung as tightly really as it should be in that corner. Um, there are people that are entering on bicycles. So I don't think, and I don't think that you will, you won't gain any distance really away from uh, 20 Ship Avenue by doing that. Um, but we can get back to you on what the actual dimension is. Completely, if you completely off the top of my head, it's probably in the 18 at 18 foot range, something like that. Okay, next from Jen Lewis. It looks like the final connection on the east side ends at kind of a T. Why is that? I'm concerned that this corner would be cut and would lead to a lot of traffic cutting the corner. Denine, you want to try that one again? Oh, you're muted. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Uh, it looks like the final connection on the east side ends at kind of a T. Why is that? I'm concerned that this corner would be cut and would lead to a lot of traffic cutting the corner. The actual design, this is just a schematic design that you're seeing here in the rendering. The actual design, there'd be a radius on the edge of each of the um, of the pathway, um, it wouldn't come to such a sharp uh, corner the way it's shown in this drawing. Okay. Um, okay, I'm looking uh, from Bartas Sematis. Public bathrooms on the bike paths. Why is that never an option? Dan or Stella, you want to take that one? Sure. Um you know, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, a lot of times we're lucky enough to have facilities along these corridors, whether it be ball fields or pools or rinks, where there are some restroom facilities. Just having independent restrooms is, is really, um, for DCR, beyond our operational abilities to, to properly take care of those things and prevent what ends up often being problematic um, in, in those types of facilities that are isolated in areas like this. So while we agree, it's, it's always nice to have a source of water and restrooms, um, it just wouldn't be appropriate in this section. Um, I uh, from Herb Nolan, hi Herb. I love the rich plantings proposed for the riverbanks. Why are there no buffer plantings shown between Ship Avenue and the Yacht Club parking lot? That's a lot of pavement. I'm Denise, sorry, between Ship, Aven Ship Avenue and, and the, the, the Yacht Club parking lot. There are, there are plantings that you're talking about between 20 Ship Avenue and yeah. the Yacht Club. Yeah, there are, there are plantings there. Um, 
we can I think, show you that. I think he means yeah, along the road. About, yeah, the sidewalk, because you have the Medford sidewalk and then our pathway oh. and then the parking lot. It's yeah, it's just so the cool. amount, it's just the amount of space to um, the amount of space that's needed to keep the yacht club um, operational and to keep the pathway um, safe from the the um, trailers and boats and all of the vehicular stuff that's happening there. Uh, so from Arlene Dale, how many feet from the 20 ship ab fence will there be? And will there be um, buffer planting? So I just answered that one. So yes, yeah, there will be uh, buffer planting there on Malanke or Rhododendron Ilex. Um, we can, if uh, while we're doing this, I don't know if we can, uh, Sam, are you able to get that dimension from the, the path to that fence line? Um, I can try, hopefully it doesn't, I, I don't want to stop sharing though, so it might okay. be a challenge for me to do that. Okay. And could I could I just mention for the benefit of everyone at 20 Ship Ave, because it sounds like there's been a bunch of questions on that. Most often with Greenway development at the DCR, we regularly end up going back out to the communities where we build these things. And if neighbors come and say, hey, we really were expecting a little more robust planting with greater privacy. We have the ability to strengthen that over the two or three years after the pathway is originally built. So we will continue to work with the butters to, to you know, get this balanced correctly as, as it um, matures. Okay, next question uh, from Ron Newman. Could the parking lot be squeezed a bit smaller to make room for such a contraflow uh, contra bike lane on Clippership Drive? So that's a city parking lot. And one of the things that I was able to do during this call is our city's traffic engineer is, is listening. And so he's been listening to the concerns about the bikes and the connection at Clippership Drive and how that would work. And so we'll take a look at what's possible there. Some of the, the area, there's private property, there's parking along Clippership, um, but we have just as of this call, added it to his list to take a look and see and work with the DCR as to what are the best and safest options um, for the bicycles in that area. And we'll put that on the table, but I, I don't know, have any idea. Okay. Uh, next question from uh, Herb Nolan. Pedestrians take a shortcut from Riverside Avenue to the inlet just east of I-93. Could this be formalized to allow more public access? Yeah, I think um, what Herb's referring to, I think, is if you look at that inlet, you see some green, some greenery up near the top of um, Riverview. There actually, yes, thank you. Thank you, Sam. There was actually some steps there. You can see them kind of built into the wall. Historically, there was an access point. We decided not to take that on as part of this project because it's it's very complicated. Um, as a state agency, it would have to comply with ADA and to get a proper ramping system coming down that steep slope that would, would be able to accommodate a wheelchair, we felt could be probably a later phase to be looked at uh, closely and try to get it right. But the answer is that eventually, yes, Herb, we would like to see a restored access point coming off there to the neighborhood. 
Okay, next question from Arlene Dale. Will there be trash receptacles installed along the path? We currently um, don't have any. This is a, a DCR question. I mean, there, you know, we certainly. Yeah, I, I mean, Stella, you can fill in too. I, I, I just, we, we historically have done a lot of these. And initially when we were building these things over the past 20 years, a lot of greenways on the Neponset and Charles, we did put trash receptacles and it ended up that every place we put one, there was more trash in the park than where we didn't have yeah. them. Um, what you end up having is a, there's a lot of nocturnal animals. It's hard to keep these things covered. They get torn apart. You get illegal dumping in them. And we really would like to approach this as a carry in, carry out philosophy um, along this corridor. And that seems to have worked best for us in other areas. Yeah. Okay. Two questions about lighting. Will there be any lighting along the path? Um, will there be any lighting along the path behind um, 20 Ship Avenue? Um, so I can answer at least there's only going to be lightning in the, and through the I-93 underpass. And then also the Yacht Club does have lighting, but that's more specifically for the Yacht Club. So in that, in that area of 20 ship app and then Deneen, I don't know if you wanted to add anything else. No, I was going to, I was going to, um, say the same thing. Yeah. One of the comments we received in this, I, I can't find it at the moment, was asking about could the lighting under 93 be more decorative than just a standard glare lighting? Um, so I'm just adding that to the queue. Okay. I think what we need to do for um, once we figured out who has care and control, typically DCR would um, be maintaining this lighting it has to fit in with DCR's overarching. Um, we have a electrical department and we have um, a maintenance system where we go through and maintain all our lights. And, you know, it just has to fit in with that program. So that's how we pick our light fixtures. Okay, our, uh, from Patrick Bivens, are bike racks included in the project? And if so, where would they be located and what kind would be specified? Stella, you want to take that? Sure. Um, I didn't see any um, bicycle racks at this time in our project. Um, we could certainly review that and see if we can add any in. Um, we also have a standard fixture, which um, is called the swerve, which we like to use. Um, and we can certainly take a look at that and, and see if we can make some more information available. Uh, from Jessica Finch, wooden boardwalks can be very slippery when wet, especially for cyclists taking a turn. Would you consider adding texture to help mitigate this? Um, I, I take that, you know, we, it, it is true um, that they can be slick. Um, we've found with the type of wood we've been using on these, uh, a lot of our boardwalks have been EPAY. We haven't really had that problem. Again, if you've seen the Alwife Greenway, there's a fairly extensive boardwalks on both sides of that corridor, one near Henderson and one behind Sunnyside. We do do snow removal on those in the winter. And um, 
it's worked out pretty well without having to add any additional material. But um, as it, if it becomes problematic, we would be open to that. But we, we have not had that problem um, in our newest boardwalks. Um, okay, from John Ramos, uh, is there a plan for snow removal for those of for pardon me for those of us who bike and well, my goodness walk and bike year round? Um, apologies, but I'm having a hard time getting past the narrow portion of the path. I'm someone who will use this path frequently with my daughter, who will be about five years old when this is complete. I would like to ride beside her while she's learning. Also, I know what it feels like to have a bicyclist pass closely when on a, a walk with a stroller. Wherever possible, please widen the path so that families can have a bit more space. So uh, thank you for that comment. Um, but the plans for snow removal. Um, Dan, I'm not sure how we um, uh, assess snow removal priority, um, if you can answer that. We do it, I mean, as... As these things become, as, as greenways like this become more integrated, take on a greater significance for people walking and, and commuting and trying to get to different places, um, we tend to evaluate that. And, and, and it's certainly potentially open to be added to our snow removal um, agenda. It's important to realize when we do do snow removal on paths like this, we do not reestablish the entire width of the path. So even on the Charles River near the basin, which is our, one of our bigger snow removal operations, we clear six feet of a 10 feet, 10 foot path. And that's usually done with brush rollers or small bombardiers that the boardwalks would be able to support without damaging them. So it's, it's not really, we're not trying to reestablish it as a true multi-use path in the winter, but we certainly clear enough for pedestrians, runners, and cyclists that um, have the right gear to be out there, it would be passable. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, um, earlier it was mentioned that parts of the path design had been moved lower. Does that increase the frequency of flooding problems given climate forecasts that show the Amelia Earhart Dam is likely to be flanked during coastal storms in the next couple decades? I could make a comment on that. Um, the Amelia Earhart Dam, for those that aren't aware, is in the middle of a, a pretty um, large armoring project that we believe is going to curtail that forecast for it being crusted. Um, it's a great observation. It is true that that's a projection and we're reacting to that. Bill Goda is in the middle now of doing a, a extensive armoring and um, strengthening of that facility. Um, and as far as the the elevation concerns on the water at this point, the Mystic River is held pretty much at the same elevation within about a four inch difference because it's it's kind of a man-made basin where the Amelia Earhart Dam and its three pumps, the third of which has never had to be turned on, completely control the water elevations of the entire system. Okay, from uh, Laura Olivier. Um, when do you anticipate you will finalize plans for fencing, et cetera, with residents at 76 Ship Avenue? Just looking for a time frame. Stella, got a time frame? Um, we are in the process of finalizing this, and I think that we want to wrap this up this fall. Um, we are going to be working with um, a legal team to finalize these. 
Okay. Uh, from Robert uh, Seto, as I understand it, the section of the trail along Ship Avenue next to the shipyard parking is planned to be at the same level as the existing street. If so, that section usually ends up being extra parking spaces for various area users at a busy time. It's best either if it can be um, slightly higher level, like a regular sidewalk. So uh, basically I looking- I, I can respond to that. Okay. So the, the area that he's talking about is actually the city sidewalk. And what happens with that area now is the back of that walk is at the sidewalk level. So the, 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 the side of that walk that's against the planter now is at sidewalk level, but it just slopes down to meet the road level. So um, we would not touch that at all. Our uh, pathway is going to be at the same elevation as the Yacht Club um, parking lot. If the city and, and the question of whether that is actually um, flattened out, which would give you a six inch curb reveal on the roadside is really um, a city decision and not a DCR um, decision. We're putting a curb in between, um, in between the two as part of this project. I don't know if that answers, uh, completely answers it. Okay. Um from Frederick O'Hara, have you considered the effects of clearing exotic trees on the stability of the riverbank? I'm not sure what, um, we're not clearing trees on the riverbank. Okay. Um, uh, uh, from Sean Conant, when did this become a bike path? Again, we were told many times this was more of a footpath and a bike path was being planned for the other side of the river. I, I, could, I could take that. Um, to be clear, it's, it's a greenway. Um, we, we, we've been really striving. This is a statewide initiative that we are really trying to call our linear corridors greenways and not bikeways and bike paths. Um, we see pedestrians as being the sort of top tier in terms of um, right of way and who and everyone else out there should be yielding to them. But on paths like this, um, we do invite cyclists and pedestrians to use it respectful of each other. And we've found that they actually do quite well at, at doing that um, across the state. Okay, uh, what is a transparent fence? I'm not sure which one of us said that, <laughs> but the fence, the, um, the post and rail fence is just, um, it's four feet high and it has uh, four rails and you can see in between uh, the, the rails, like a split rail uh, fence, as opposed to a solid board fence. But that sounds more like a, something Dan would call it than me. <laughs> Okay, the rest of the um, questions I have here are actually comments. Uh, so let me check chat. Um, uh, a comment, I'd like to add an, an historic marketing branding component about Medford's incredible shipbuilding history to this area, but I won't use tonight's format to address this initiative. Okay, 
Okay, um, I think that's it. Uh, could we put up the additional information slide? Okay, for, uh, thanks everybody for all of the questions and comments. They're really appreciated. Um, after, oh, we got one hand up. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm told that we have one hand up still and I just missed it. Oh, Sean Conant, um, you uh, go ahead and speak. You may have to unmute yourself, unmute. There you go. My question was answered by Dan, thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay. So um, uh, we really appreciate everybody attending tonight and submitting such great questions and comments. Um, you can, you will have time uh, to submit additional questions um, uh, at, after the public meeting. The presentation will be available for viewing um, on the DCR website. Um, please, we encourage you to provide public feedback um, through our uh, comment online comment um, form or by emailing me, jennifer.norwood at mass.gov. Uh, please note the content of the comments you share uh, or you submit to DCR will be shared with your name, town, and zip code. Um, additional information like uh, 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 email addresses will not be shared, um, but we will add them to um, our email list for outreach and updates on um, this project. Uh, finally, if you have any general agency-related questions or concerns, email mass.parks at mass.gov. Um, and with that, uh, wait, wait, we got a couple more questions to come in. Um, nope, I think that's it. Uh, thank you again for your attendance and uh, we look forward to um, continuing working on this project. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.